Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. In a recent podcast, we covered how the Department of Justice is now investigating parents that go to school board meetings and disagree with them. They are now being classified as domestic terrorists, which the president and his administration has said is the number one threat to this country. The National School Board Association sent a letter to President Biden asking for the FBI and others to do this because they said that there was an increase in violence towards school board members. The administration happily complied with the unconstitutional request, even though the examples of said violence were not valid. The one that they held up as a shining example of this increased violence towards school board members was a case out of Virginia. On on June 22nd, Scott Smith was arrested at a Loudoun County, Virginia school board meeting, a meeting that was ultimately deemed an unlawful assembly after many attendees vocally opposed a policy on transgender students. What people did not know is that weeks prior, on May 28th, Smith says a boy allegedly wearing a skirt entered a girl's bathroom at nearby Stonebridge High School, where he sexually assaulted Smith's ninth grade daughter. Juvenile records are sealed, But Smith's attorney, Elizabeth Lancaster, told the Daily Wire that a boy was charged with two counts of forcible sodomy, one count of anal sodomy, and one count of of, uh, forcible fellatio related to an incident that day at the school. Quote, if someone would have sat and listened for 30 seconds to what Scott had to say, they would have been mortified and heartbroken. Lancaster said. Minutes before Smith's arrest, the Loudoun County Public Schools, or LCPS, superintendent lectured the public that concerns about the transgender policy were misplaced because the school system had no records of any assault occurring in any school bathroom. In a video that went viral, and many of you may, may have seen it already, it shows a a woman wearing a rainbow heart shirt, and she's a, she's a left-wing community activist. She's telling Smith she did not believe his daughter. His rage reached a boiling point, and he had a heated exchange of words with this particular woman. A police officer there to keep the peace at the meeting pulled on his arm, and Smith yanked it away. Before he knew it, Smith says, he was hit in the face, handcuffed, and dragged across the floor with his pants pulled down. Images of the incident were splashed, of course, across uh, TVs and and newspapers all around the world. Now, um, Buddha uh, Barbera, the the court's progressive top elected prosecutor who has close ties to the school board's most liberal members, appeared in court to personally prosecute Smith for disorderly conduct and resisting arrest. Buber, um, on a platform of ending mass incarceration 
is what she ran on. Um, but she wanted to put Smith in jail for misdemeanors, even though as prosecutor, Babera would have known about the case involving Smith's daughter. So even though, you know, this, this individual is a minor and there are sealed court records, of course, the prosecutor would have known about that. The suspect, juvenile court prosecutors assured Smith, was being held responsible. He was on house arrest, confined to his mother's townhouse. According to Lancaster, a conviction was expected on October 14th, likely in the form of a guilty plea to a lesser sexual assault charge. But on October 6th, according to the Loudoun County Sheriff's Office, a 15-year-old was charged with sexual battery and abduction after police said he forced a girl into an empty classroom, held her against her will, and touched her inappropriately. Lancaster says the suspect is the same boy that allegedly attacks Miss Daughter. So, so there's kind of the overall, um, you know, overall story here. But what started this whole chain of events was on May 28th, Stonebridge High School called Smith to, to come to the school where they told him that his 15-year-old daughter had just been physically assaulted in the bathroom by a male. Smith says that when he arrived, he determined that what had happened was not a case of his daughter being beaten up, but it was a far more serious incident. The school said that it was handling the incident in-house, and Smith was dumbfounded. Deputies from the sheriff's office ultimately responded to the school, but not to investigate the alleged rape of a child, Smith said, but because school administrators called them on him for making a scene about it. Smith acknowledges that he did make a scene and says any father would have done the same in in this situation. Smith said, quote, thank God that I drew enough attention to it because they were about to get an escort to the uh, to the hospital and they administered a rape kit that night. So because of all of this that, that happened, all of the uproar that he created, he actually got the, uh, his daughter to get taken to uh, and escorted to the hospital and have some tests done. A SANE exam and a, a bucal swab, uh, his, his lawyer said, later came back favorable for the prosecution's case. In... Uh, and, and at 4.48 p.m. on the day of the incident, the principal sent out an email. So this, this, this is all sent out by the principal, this email to, uh, to the community that claimed nothing jeopardizing student safety had occurred, painting Smith as the villain and offering counseling services for witnesses of Smith's blow up. So... So again, they're painting the dad as the villain that if anybody saw him, you know, get mad then uh, and, and create a scene, then, then you know, we, we have counseling for you. LCPS uh, washed their hands of this, Smith said, and it was take, taken seriously only because of the sheriff's office. Lancaster, of course, is the Smith's lawyer said that she accompanied Smith's daughter to meetings with prosecutors, that the suspect male self-incriminated himself with statements in an interview, that the prosecutors brought 
the the charges and and that a conviction was expected immediately or imminently actually and and likely in the form of a plea deal to a charge of felony and aggravated sexual battery now smith had not opposed the downgrade saying about the boy quote what if he made one mistake that's what he the actual father said so that brings us to the school board <laughs> and on june 22nd the school board held a meeting where the focus of discussion was a proposal expanding self-protections to transgender students now smith and his wife jess showed up out of really practical concerns they said quote my wife and i uh, are gay and lesbian friendly smith told the daily wire we're not into this children transgender stuff the person that attacked our daughter is apparently bisexual and occasionally wears dresses because he likes them so this kid is technically not what the school board was fighting about but the point is kids are using it as an advantage to get into bathrooms unquote now, at the meeting, the school board member, um, Beth Bartz, who uh, has ties with uh, some Antifa groups, painted such concerns as paranoia and prejudice. She said, quote, our students are, do not need to be protected, and they are not in danger. She said, we, do we uh, have assaults in our bathrooms or locker rooms regularly? And this was, this was her question to the superintendent. And the superintendent is a, a guy by the name of Scott Ziegler. Uh, he replied to that question with, to my knowledge, we do not have any record of assaults occurring in our restrooms, unquote. Obviously, not a correct statement. Now, board chair Brenda uh, Sheridan uh, asked, quote, have we had any issues involving transgender students in our bathrooms or locker rooms and ziegler answered basically he's what he's going to do here you're going to see is that he's just trying to deflect he did he didn't actually answer the question i mean he answered the question already and now he's trying to to deflect to this time magazine article and he says time magazine in 2016 called that a red herring that the data was simply not playing out that transgender students were more likely to assault cis cisgender students in restrooms than were other students. In fact, regardless of the gender identity of the student, if a crime or violation of the rules were committed, that would be investigated and dealt with to the full extent of the rules of the law. I think it's important to keep our perspective on this. We've heard it several times tonight from our public speakers about the predator tr transgender student or the person uh, or the person simply does not exist is what he said now smith tried to contain himself as activists who prioritized you know lived experience and believe women ignored his daughter uh, my child was raped at school and this is what happens nearly 250 members now i i just said at, at a recent in a recent podcast how oftentimes we don't see a lot of people at school board meetings but we're seeing more and more and more concerned parents all the time and at this one nearly 250 members of the public had signed up to speak even 
at this school board meeting. Many of them were uh, critical of the school system's racial and, and transgender initiatives. Others were supporters of the transgender policy who painted their neighbors as ignorant and bigots and things like that. Uh, one even said uh, hate was dripping from the followers of Jesus in this room. <laughs> you love how, how they like to paint that kind of thing, right? Opponents booed at the remarks, those in particular, and the board threatened to stop the meeting if participants were loud again. <laughs> we, can't, we can't have people be loud again. After another speaker blasted the school board for uh, suspending a teacher named Tanner Cross for speaking in opposition to a transgender proposal during the public comment portion of the previous meeting, the crowd cheered and the board shut down the meeting because of that. Two courts later ruled that Cross must be reinstated, by the way. So he he got suspended because he opposed the school board, and then he was uh, eventually reinstated by the courts. So in a nutshell, a public body censoring the public as a direct result of it complaining about earlier censorship. <laughs> it's, it, you know, you, you, you almost can't make this stuff up, right? In the video that went viral of the school board meeting, uh, there, there, there is a woman, and her name is Jackie Schwarm, uh, who is wearing a rainbow heart shirt. Uh, if you've seen the video, you know who I'm talking about. She is one, and she is the one that, that um, uh, really escalated things by telling the Smiths that their daughter was a liar. And she and the extreme leftist school board member, Beth Bartz, have been on a crusade to dox people and to even attack concerned parents. In a recent post, Swarm asked, quote, does anyone have a list of parents who organized against the diversity library books? Swarm volunteered to find information about these parents who disagreed with the school policies. One member wrote that a conservative school board member, John Beatty, had once spoken to parents at a church and told attendees that they should tell the school what they wanted to, to be taught. <laughs> I can't imagine a, a, a more um, deflammatory statement. Another member replied with an idea to convince the Southern Poverty Law Center to list disfavored local groups as hate groups and then cite that distinction and that designation to, to give ammunition to the school board to, quote, have them banned from speaking publicly at meetings, unquote. You see, this is a tactic that the left loves to use. So they take a left-wing organization and then they, they classify people as, as hate as hate, uh, saying hate speech, and these were hate, hateful bigots, and now we have to ban them from speaking. Why? Because they're full of hate, and we can't have that. Now, Smith tried to tell Schwarm what happened to his daughter, and he said, quote, and she looks, uh, and, and she looks me dead in the eyes and says, that's not what happened, unquote. Schwarm noticed that Smith was wearing a shirt with the name of his plumbing business on it. And she said, uh, quote, she goes on, uh, 
And she goes, oh, I'm going to ruin your business on social media, he said, unquote. A a police officer monitoring the tension-filled exchange pulled on Smith's arm, and he yanked it away, and soon Smith and the officers were wrestling. Other officers pinned Smith to the ground, blowing his lip in the process. As Smith uttered, I can't breathe, Jess cried out in words lost, of course, in the chaos, quote, my child was raped at school, and this is what happens? Smith was charged with disorderly conduct and resisting arrest. The Daily Wire did have a nearly 40-minute phone call, Wishwarm, in which she basically said nothing but lies, even after being presented with uh, the, with proof of the inaccuracies. She she just she was just going to uh, say what she wanted to say, and 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 when they would bring things up and say, well, you know, you were there because she said, oh, I I don't know, I wasn't there, and then of course when presented with the facts, she said, well, yeah, I was there, and she just kept kept lying and lying. So. What has happened since then? Well, Smith had to put up temporary fencing around his house for three days to keep the media out. Uh, He said, quote, the radio and TV people were coming for days, he said. The the body positive crowd humiliated him for his looks as an overweight white plumber in handcuffs. They mocked his inadvertent near nudity with one activist heckling online saying, his gender pronoun is almost showing. The National School Board Association cited Scott's arrest as an example, and really the greatest example of all, of the sort of incidents that they said might justify invoking the Anti-Terrorism Patriot Act on the United States citizens. What has happened to Loudoun County in the last two years is notable, not because its population is especially far left, but because it's not, and this has happened anyway, and this this type of thing can happen anywhere. It can happen in your community. It can happen in my community. It can happen anywhere. Loudon is in many ways more typical of America, with a uh, politically mixed population, really. And and Smith grew up in the area. There there was no white or black issues, according to him. Uh, we we all got along, he said. To, to this day, Loudon has no inner city areas of black families in in, in Loudon that that have um, their their median income is one hundred and twelve thousand dollars a year. It is for the most part just a just a lot of regular two parent suburban households. The, then a series of left leaning politicians, including Babera. Um, the prosecutor was elected, and in her in her case, she was actually only elected by one percent margin. After George Soros paid eight hundred and forty five thousand dollars to support her bid, her opponent, the Republican incumbent, spent only a hundred and thirteen thousand dollars altogether. Despite a moderate po- population and not very many of the problems that typically justify racial politics. When Democrats crossed the 50% mark, they began using formally um, apolitical institutions, I guess we could say, such as schools and, and courts as weapons in nakedly partisan 
quest for power. When citizens collected enough signatures to begin a court process recalling Bartz, partly for her activities in a anti-racist parent Facebook group, it would fall under the vagaries of Virginia law to Bibera, uh, to prosecute the recall. So you see how things are lining up here, where they're all in kind of a cahoots, so to speak. Bibera did not recuse herself even, even though she was part of the group that and, and, and promoted a letter a letter to the editor that mocked the recall effort and those opposed to transgender policies. A judge literally ultimately had to intervene and disqualify her because she wouldn't do it herself. There was one um, relief valve, the sheriff, which is an elected position for which voters chose a, a guy by the name of Mike Chapman. He's a Republican. And in response, the Democratic controlled board of supervisors pushed for stripping the duties of the sheriff's office and creating a police force that would report to them instead. <laughs> you see the, the, the lengths in which these, these progressive liberal, liberals will go. Now, a disorderly conduct um, uh, uh, prosecution uh, would ensue. And, and um, Babera is known for um, kind of leniency and alternatives to incarceration. On July 3rd, Peter J., and, and I kid you not his last name, is um, uh, Logo Brigido. Logo Brigido. <laughs> Logo Brigido. Uh, he was released from jail on a $5,000 unsecured bond while facing charges of strangulation, abduction, and assault on a family member. On September 19th, he allegedly returned to finish the job, killing his wife with a hammer. A few days after Logo Bridgerow was released, on August 17th, Smith faced court for two misdemeanors, disorderly conduct, and obstruction of justice, resisting arrest, of course, for the school board incident. Now, Lancaster, the Smith's family attorney, was sure the charges would be dropped. Instead, of being dropped, though, um, Babera, the top law enforcement officer in the county of 4, 400,000 residents, showed up personally and tried the misdemeanor case. Lancaster explained in court that her client was angry after his daughter was sexually assaulted in the bathroom by a person identifying himself as gender fluid and, and, and uh, reminded her that prosecutors had substantiated the assault and chosen to bring charges. But Babera sought jail time against Smith. It is incredibly unusual for a disorderly conduct case to even go forward. The idea that they would actually seek jail time, I'd guess is in, in, in my 15 years, the, the number of times that I've seen that happen would be zero, Lancaster said. It would be completely unheard of for the prosecution to handle a misdemeanor, she said. Now, Bibera uh, um, was not just the top prosecutor. She was the pros uh, prosecutor who espoused a radical commitment to not jailing people for minor crimes and avoiding criminal convictions altogether when possible. But when Smith crossed the far left by holding 
an opposite, uh, an opposing opinion on a school policy affecting his daughter. There was no, you know, believe all women type thing. There was no appeal for tolerance and inclusivity for Smith's viewpoint. His case brought no outrage about police kneeling on men saying, I can't breathe. And a strict law and order approach trumped over leniency. Quote, I'm a bleeding heart liberal, Lancaster, a former public defender, by the way, said. But, quote, I don't get where the vitriol comes from. That if you don't believe what I believe, you're a monster, unquote. (laughs) She's starting, there's a few lights starting to come on, right? The charges against Smith were so minor that there there was no option to have a jury trial even, which Smith believes he would have won. The option is available only through an appeal, which will cost him more than the thousands of dollars that he's already spent on legal fees. And on August 11th, the school board voted, and get this, after all this, the school board voted to approve the transgender policy, which Smith could not sign up to speak so that the policymakers could hear their decision with with knowledge of the Stonebridge incident. Days before it, it, he, he received a letter informing him that he is banned from the school board building. The story doesn't end there. With... It, it, it actually goes on with a second assault. Smith said no, nothing as, as his likeness traveled around the, the world, the, the avatar of him being the ignorant bigot, you know. Uh, it, advisors told him it would be better to, to let the process against his daughter's uh, assailant just play out. And he, he didn't want to risk interfering in that, so that's what he decided to do. To quote, it has been so hard to keep my mouth shut and wait this out. It has been the most powerless thing I've ever been through, he said. I don't care if he's homosexual, heterosexual, bisexual, transsexual. He's a sexual predator. And I would agree. The culprit was expected to uh, plead guilty on October 14th following the negotiation of the plea agreement. But on October 6th, the sheriff's office put out a press release that led Smith to believe that the process was not working. Quote, a teenager from the Ashburn from Ashburn has been charged with sexual battery and abduction of the, a fellow student at Broad Run High School. The investigation determined on the, uh, on the afternoon of October 6th, the 15-year-old suspect forced the victim into an empty classroom where he held her against her will and inappropriately touched her. Uh, it said a, a government official told the Daily Wire the name of the student, and it was the same name as the boy who allegedly assaulted Smith's daughter. The prosecutors with, the, with whom Smith and his wife had been communicating about the rape case um, never alerted them about the alleged repeated offense. You know, he, Smith did not believe it could actually be the same person, but it was. He says, but we called the pro- prosecution's office, and he told me, yep, I put him in juvie t- yesterday. They con- um, uh, con- contacted, and they also contacted Special Victims Unit and a detective there. And she said, I can tell you, I can't tell you what happened, but it happened. 
and it's bad. And Jess contacted uh, the prosecutors whom Jess said told her that this uh, court date had been uh, postponed from October 14th to October 25th in order to handle both cases together. And I don't even know why he was in school, she said. Why this guy, <laughs> she, she used a little harsher words, al- was allowed to do this again. So what can we draw from this whole thing? Well, number one, two girls allegedly sexually assaulted in school four months apart by the same person. And so far, the only person to be convicted of a crime in this is, is the victim's father. And a school policy passed following what appeared to be false statements from a superintendent, a policy whose passage would have publicly, would have been politically impossible had Smith's story seen the light of day. With this cause, will, will this cause anything to change in Loudoun? Has anyone learned anything here? There is no evidence that the answer to this is yes on either count. Now, I will say that that we need to continue to push to not get shut out of the process. When we see things like this happen, when we see the leftist agenda get just get rammed down the throats of parents, bad things happen. And this is already happening here, and this is a cover-up because they know that this could have derailed this transgender agenda. And they were going to do everything they could to make sure that didn't happen. Now, I would love to hear from you on this. Um, you know, what? It's, it's, it's definitely one of those sad, sad tales, but one I, I felt needed to see the light of day. And you can always get a hold of us at UncommonSensePodcast.com. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications.